Woody Guthrie Center and Bob Dylan Center present Fire in Little Africa, a multimedia hip-hop project inspired by the resilience of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And now, coming at you live from Greenwood, here are your hosts, Ali Shaw and Doc Free. y'all welcome once again <laughs> to the fire and little africa podcast i'm ali shaw and i am doc free and yo doc i know we excited to talk about what we got on the plan for today this is episode number 62 62 and I, yeah I just keep like having these moments of like already really have we gotten this far but uh you know this was the um i would say the second single on the project that dropped for Fire and Little Africa. Mm -hmm. And um, dope visuals. We're going to talk about that soon. But uh, today we're going to be talking to all the artists who participated in the song. Elevator, elevator. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you want to give some proper introductions there, Doc? Uh, let's see here. Uh, of course, we have opening on the track. This man is now, we're going to have to start calling him like pound for pound king or something like that because he's like body blows, uppercuts, straight to the melon, trying to get it done in the first round, every track he's on. And I appreciate it about the man, Hakeem Elijah Wan. Man, you already know, Young Life Da Vinci, man, we in here. For sure. And then, of course, we have quarterback Jack, as I like to sometimes call him, that man with the hat and the pinky ring, diamond dip rolling in the reincarnated flesh, Steph Simon. Yeah, yeah, what's going on? You already know. And then we also have with us the architect because we know that beat selection is a huge part of this game out here. And if you're p picking beats out of this man's crate, it's like, you know what I'm saying, flicking a damn golden doubloon out of a damn sunken treasure box. And these are coming from the two piece to your mouth. Oh. On a dicky roadway, my daddy was working for low wage. My city a haven for drug trade. I'ma came up out the mud, baby. I'm on a dicky roadway. My daddy was working for low wage. My city a haven for drug trade. I'ma came up out the mud, baby. Elevator, elevator, jungle fever in the elevator. She got me top in the elevator. She ripped my pants in the elevator. She tryna fuck in the elevator. Freaky little bitches, they love the flavor. Mama must know that she raised a player. Nympho alert, all she do is this bitch a hoe shoulda took the status Diamond, drip when I walk, call me Diamond Everywhere they know it's Diamond My niggas riding for Diamond Reincarnated this Simon I'm shining bright as you find them And you know that I be styling Real as it get in this climate I'ma need everything that you got up in your wallet I'm saying no bro, it's a stick up I'm at you scraping for quarters They done came through with the soldiers Half of my niggas in quarantine Greenwood and ruins is over They took away everything and the dream It ain't no time to be sold I'm on a dicky roadway My daddy was working for low wage My city a haven for drug trade I'ma came up out the mud, baby I'm on a dicky roadway My daddy was working for low wage My city a haven for drug trade I'ma came up out the mud, baby Elevator, elevator Jungle fever in the elevator she she got me top in the elevator. She ripped my pants in the elevator. She tryna fuck in the elevator. Freaky little bitches, they love the flavor. Mama must know that she raised the player. Nympho alert, all she do is lay up. Uh, they ask me why they call you Dicky Row. Cause if somebody fuck with me, it's gon' go up in smoke. Go get your gun, go get your plane, go get what all you want. Cause if you try that shit again, then we invading homes. Elevator, Diamond Dicky, I'm the narrator. You know white women love that melanin, it ain't no different for that separate page. Busting it open all in the basement. Bell hopper skirt by the ankle. 319 in Maine in the Drexel, so how can the dream? I'm like Clyde Drexler, she told me I got what she need. That's why they call me Diamond D. She got the pipe of her dreams. Then bought me your diamond ring. Girl, you know when this dick it ain't free. If your daddy knew he come for me. She want a real one that came from the nook. Girl, you know this gon' come with a fee. Greenwood, yeah, I'm keeping the G. Got some top in the balcony suite. Paint her face like a no parking piece. Rip her up like some million no need. Got her all on the wall, make a scream. Ain't no camera, girl, we got privacy. Push the buttons all on accident. Now the lobby door, yeah, it's opening. Yeah, it's opening on the elevator. Oh, did you 
I just had the craziest dream. Hello, beautiful people. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Listen, I told Two Piece, I'm like, I, you have to say it on the tag. That's what I want to say. Every Two Piece to your mouth. Oh. Uh, <laughs> everybody, everybody got something different. Allie just like to curse, man. That's what it is. That's She's it. Letting it, letting it, letting it flow. You know, Doc, I don't get to curse when I'm on the radio, but on the podcast, I can be a little more free. So, but I could say, you know, uh, or something like that instead. Yeah, so I'll, I'll keep the radio Write it over here, Allie. That's right. Yeah. And this is the episode for it, right, Keem? You hear me? This is the episode for it. Let's just jump right in, y'all, because we need to make sure that we are giving, providing a visual and, you know, kind of painting, painting the picture for why this song was created. This is the first track on the album, Fire in mm -hmm. Little Africa. Uh, name mm -hmm. of the track is Elevator. And um, if we, who wants to volunteer to give a brief summary of what this song is about and you know what, what it came from, the inspiration for it? Hey, look, check this out, check this out. As Barnes would say, you know, we descendants of, of the 1921 victims of the massacre, you know what I mean? So like, mm -hmm. With me, with that being said, I, I felt like whenever I was creating this song, that I had to speak for them. But it's it, it's a modern interpretation. I needed people to to see it through my lens. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? What, yes. what would it, what does it look like to the the masses? You know what I mean? When you hear this story and you like, damn, that's what. So that's where I was coming from. I'm like, so the masses hear this story, but they gotta assume, you know, these white women love this melanin, like Steph said. <laughs> uh, it's just like, Come on, man. We got to paint the, the real truth and we got to let people know exactly how this shit really probably played out. And even if it didn't play out exactly like that shit, it, it, it sounds good. So, you know what I'm saying? It's hey. up to interpretation. Yeah. It's up to your own personal interpretation. So, Steph, yeah. do me a favor and tell us what happens between Dick Rowland and Sarah Page. Oh, it's like, it's, like I said, it's all interpretation. Um, it's, it's no complete fact, but um, the, the most people would say um, Dick Rowland would, he would use the bathroom at this hotel in the Drexel building because um, that's where black people could use the restroom was upstairs in the Drexel building. He worked at a barbershop uh, right up the road from the Drexel building, which is crazy because this is all on Main Street at the time where we've been putting it down for so long. Yeah. And rap, you know what I'm saying? It, it just mm -hmm. so happens all this happened on Main Street by the Yeti and by Sound Pony and down there, more down where the Vanguard and stuff is. But uh, right. it's just crazy that it all happened down there. But anyway, <clears throat> um, it would use the restroom in this in this elevator, and um, Sarah Page worked on that elevator that he would see every day going to the restroom. And uh, me personally, I I personally think, and some people think they had a thing going on, and that's why he would go to that bathroom to see her. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and just putting yourself in the shoes of a 17 year old, and then putting your own self, putting putting myself in my own shoes when I was 17, I used to do stuff like that. Like I used to risk risk it all to, to travel to go see so-and-so. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. you know, oh, yeah. you put the we, there wasn't a lot going on. Yeah, exactly. So we had you know to, like, saying? pop to, like, Jinx, Big Speech, exactly. see where the party at, you exactly. know what I mean? So you put yourself in them shoes of a 17, 18, 19-year-old kid over, over like relationship type of stuff you would you you can you can you can picture it you know what i'm saying and that's all i did like i said i don't know the facts but i do know people thought they had a relationship going on and then there's a story where the elevator stopped suddenly and, and he and he touched her and the, and the uh front desk clerk hollered out right there's stories where she screamed and hollered out right but at the end of the day you don't blow the city up because of that. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. uh, what we wanted to do was we wanted to paint the picture our way in the most in the most graphic, visual, whatever you want to call it. 
whatever way you want to uh whatever way you want to paint it we want to paint it and say at the end of the day no matter what happened in the elevator you don't blow the city up like mm-hmm. no matter no matter what happened you don't blow the city up for it so that's that's really that's really it though but the story legend legend has it rumor has it they they were messing around in this elevator but i personally think I personally think it was a setup because he go in there every day and we need to use somebody for a scapegoat. You know what I'm saying? I personally think it was a setup. It does appear that way. For real. It does. So Keem, let's, let's start off with you. We want to really focus on some of these lyrics. Um, I want you to start with <clears throat> elevator, elevator, jungle fever in the elevator. Can you finish out that whole entire phrase and, and give us a little more in-depth with that elevator jungle fever in the elevator she gave me top in the elevator she ripped my pants in the elevator she trying to fuck in the elevator <laughs> hey keep look going. keep going keep going i need one more line <laughs> hold on hold on because whenever <laughs> i wrote this song it's like you know how easy this shit is like to me this shit was a layup because i was so Focus on <laughs> what was about to happen. Yeah, I knew I was about to jump into a into a melting pot of all these artists. So I wrote this song before I got there, and whenever I wrote the song, I had I heard the beat by Two Piece, and I'm going through all these beats, and this one it just it stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah, like yeah. the beat just smacked me right in the chin, and, and like even Two Piece was like, "Man, I didn't think nobody was gonna use the beat." I'm like, "Man, I don't know what the fuck you thought." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I heard it, and I don't know why. The first thing that came in my head was elevator. Yeah. And right whenever I heard that right there in my head, I knew something was about to happen. I mean, it, it's it's self-explanatory. Everything I was saying, like that's just that's yeah. just what I feel like would happen to me today. I feel like that could happen to me tomorrow. I could walk into an elevator, and and you know, overnight. Something happens and boom, I'm this name. Elevator, elevator, jungle fever in the elevator. She got me top in the elevator. She ripped my pants in the elevator. She trying to fuck in the elevator. Freaky little bitches, they love the flavor. Mama must know that she raised a player. Nympho alert, all she do is lay I'm holding back a whole lot right now. Because I had, you know, I've been in an interracial relationship, clearly. I wanted um, to get into that. I wanted to touch on that. Well, go on and touch on it. What you want to know? Ask me I the question. To, I wanted to, I wanted to touch on that because you have been you and you have a daughter that is half black, half white, mm-hmm. and you are very very involved in an album about Black Wall Street, and and the in the meat of that story is um, the massacre happening due to a possible interracial. Re- relationship so right. i always wonder how how you feel because uh lexi being alive could have set the north on fire right you know what i'm saying a hundred years ago right you know what i'm saying i can't so, help uh, but think about that i can't right. help but think about that i come from a what i'm learning now was probably a sundown town yeah and that sucks to right. know how much love i have for my I'm pretty much related to the whole town of Lake. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that sucks for me to know that shit, this is what they were doing in the town square after dark. If you were caught here, you know how hard, how much that broke my heart. And then like, I'll just give a couple of brief, you know, instances. I've, I've and I've probably mentioned things on the pod before, but I've, you know, I've had situations where we're driving in the car and Lexi's daddy lays the car seat down as we pass through Lexington, he's from Purcell. And I'm looking at him like, what you doing? I'm not ashamed to be seen with you, you know, whatever. And he's yeah. like, no, I'm protecting you because right. they're going to come for you later. And I'm like, I don't give a damn if they come for me. And of course I was called in lover, the trend of interracial dating in Lexington, Oklahoma. Wow. Gangster right there. Cause that was what? I said, that's gangster right there. <laughs> oh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody trying to be gangster. I loved her dad. 
Exactly. Same, it's the same that's with the it's the same with Kane, and that's what but I love this song about. Was up against the what pe- with the com- what people wanted, you was going against the grain, and that's why I said that's gangster. Yeah. And Steph was about to say, "I'm an interracial child." Exactly. Exactly. Oh, so I'm not no. Uh, this it resonates with me just like you talking like your daughter is biracial. I'm biracial. It ain't no way around. They whenever they see me talking about it, they're probably like, "Oh, this motherfucker right here." You know what I mean? And not yes. even knowing. So, can you yeah. mind telling your background exactly? Because we've talked about it on one of the most earliest episodes. We, this is why I'm so excited because Hakeem was one of our very first guests on the show. Yes. So now we kind of get to circle back, you know, to his story a little bit. Tell everybody your background a little bit. I'm an interracial child from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. My father is born is a North Side baby. My mother is an East Side baby, and she she is Native American and white. And my my father is 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 a full blooded black man. So like that being said, growing up for me, well, whenever I was born, even my family pushed my mother away. You know what I mean? They didn't want my mother to be my the Indian side. Didn't want to associate with my mother for the longest time because she had a black child. I went you know what I mean? My dad didn't talk to me the whole time I was pregnant. Like, come on, you know what and I mean? It's, it was painful. But then as soon as she was born, oh, she's a little doll. And then, they, you know, the inside of me was like, yeah. And you remember the other side of her, right? Like, I was pissed. Mm. My brother made me go see my dad. And yeah. I was like, I don't want to see that. You know, I was not on good terms with my father at that time. Rest in peace, dad. You know, um, however... Once she was born, it was as if, oh, what the hell have I been doing? Mm-hmm. And my dad, my dad, let me let me say it like this. I don't think my dad was a racist by any means. I do think he did not want me to be with her father because of his past. And he'd heard all these bad things about him. And he's done this, and he's done that. And, and so that was a lot of it was he was trying to protect me from getting into bad situations. Like he'd been in some bad shit. However, over time, you know, he's like that, that didn't have nothing to do with it. It wasn't about him being black. It was because he was a badass. you know, he had a reputation. I didn't want you with him, you know? So then of course, when Lexi's born, it was like, Oh, and, and when I tell y'all look right here, this is where she had him wrapped that little girl, that's the only grandchild my dad ever knew. He never met my niece and nephew. He died at 49. Uh-huh. So I'm grateful for the time that what I think my daughter gave to him. She showed him, hey, grandpa, this is the new world. You better get right or get left. And yeah, I think that's and, what she and did. that was what, the 90s? This was 1995 when she was exactly. born. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. and, and just, and, and same with, same with Kane being a, a, a biracial a biracial child and he's the he's like he's screaming on the song about like a biracial like not interracial interracial you know what i'm saying Situ- situation right. just really like blew up the north and and what people don't understand and what people don't know is jimmy jones which was dick Rowland's uh before Dick Rowland changed his name to Dick Rowland, his name was Jimmy Jones, but his dad was, his adopted dad was white. You know what I'm saying? And that's what people don't understand is Dick Rowland probably thought, when, and when I hear that they had something going on, Dick Rowland probably thought that was okay because his mom and dad was in the, in, in the racial himself. Wow. So, so, I never knew that, Steph. Yeah, so doing that and seeing this girl yeah, he know he got to hide, and that, and the only place you can hide is the top of a, you know what I'm saying, suite and in the yeah. elevator, because it's it's a segregated world that you're living in, you know what I'm saying, but he didn't, they were moved to Tulsa, you know what I'm saying, where, where they were from, they were moved into this segregated world, so if your, if your adopted parent is white, you, you see a white man every day. You know, in, in the barbershop, what people don't understand, the barbershop where he shines shoes was was a white business. It wasn't a black business where he made his money. You know what I'm saying? He shines shoes in a white business. So he um so seeing this woman was was probably okay to him. You know what I'm saying? In this in this in this world. 
of segregation. And just like any, I, I've worked a million jobs, you know what I'm saying? And, and I see dudes get jealous of somebody getting a girl at, at the job, you know what I'm saying? I feel like that front desk person was just jealous that this black kid come in here every day and try to, and this is all like just fantasy and stuff that I'm painting in my head. Like, I don't know. I don't know if this is fact, but I see it day to day. And I feel like that stuff just transfer. I feel like human behavior just keeps going. I don't care if it's 1921, yeah. 1981, 2021. Yeah. Motherfuckers be, uh, motherfuckers be dirty macking. That's just, it, never, it ain't gonna never change. You know what I'm saying? Why, so, when y'all said, I, don't, I think that was you, Kim, that's when y'all said, you know, this could happen to me today. Exactly. A hundred years ain't made no difference. A hundred years ain't made no difference. So if if you're a front desk worker and you see this Sarah Page that that probably probably look good, you know what I'm saying? And and she talking to this black dude, this nigga, every day. You see him and like you you gonna try to you gonna dry hate one day. You're gonna be like dry hate you know and, and, and in this case you're gonna scream right because the black person is, was so disposable it yeah. wasn't nothing for him to holler right when he got out the elevator that ain't that's easy uh, i got him he coming here today i'm gonna holler right because he keep talking to this girl that i like you know yeah. what i'm saying that's that's a simple you know what i'm saying that's just a simple it's just uh, i can't think of the, you know that's a simple thing BS. that could possible happen you know what I'm saying? That's a yeah. simple possibility that could happen. This black kid coming here every day, talking to my job. girl, talking to my girl. You know what I'm saying? Talking mm-hmm. to my, talking to my girl. I got something for him today. I'm gonna holler right. You know what I'm saying? This whole conversation really just shows you the nature of love too. If, if that's the case, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And he's going in here every day because he wants to see this woman. Yep. It doesn't matter if she was a white woman, a black woman, Chinese woman, whatever. That's it right. just doesn't show you the nat- like you said, the nature of human nature continues to go on, and the nature of love is so real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why. It, yeah, because it we we day, just, and, and more than anything, interracial relationships happen more today than anything else. Damn near. Well, and then like, how did most of us even get here? If we really want to break it down, like this is yeah. one of the things that I had a discussion. I, man, I was just having this conversation with somebody two nights ago. Like my aunt had had given me, you know, she sat me down, you know, was like, well, I just feel like if God wanted us to be together, he would have made us all the same color. I said, if God didn't want us to be together, he would have made it to where we couldn't breed. And who do you think you are? We, we have Native Americans all through our family. settled already on the wrong color of God, of Jesus. Anyways, Thank you, Doc. So I didn't bring that into the mix. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. And I looked at her like, are you serious right now? Like, this can't be real, that, what you just said. Interracial mingling didn't mean shit to them slave owners who was raping our black women either. Exactly. You know? exactly. So, that, that, too. that too. That too. That too. Exactly. Y'all had jungle fever, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah okay. like that's nature. what we wanted to do. But being quiet about the shit. And that's what and that's it's what the nature of supremacy exactly it's the nature of supremacy and that's what made when when king king wrapped this to me on the steps at the brady mansion skyline mansion you know what i'm saying he was going upstairs and i'm going downstairs getting ready to go to the show you know what i'm saying at the mercury yeah. and not the mercury at the uh, colony at the colony and i'm like bro i can't record it today but he's like man let me let me at least let you hear it and he pulled out his phone and he played it's a two-piece beat. And I'm like, okay. And he started rapping it. And I'm like, oh, this shit about to be hard. He go, I'm on the dicky right. He rapped the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? He rapped the whole thing. And he was like, I ain't got no hook yet. And I'm like, bro, say that shit again. Like, you know what I'm saying? Whatever you said at the beginning, say it again. And that's the hook. And I'm just going to backdoor you because you said everything that you need to say. Like I just need to, I just need to, to cough on this motherfucker at this point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I, I, thank you, thank you. Like that was the most, that was like the easiest assist of a feature I've ever got in my life. Like that was like, you know what I was at the point where like I, I want to deliver because the song is, the hit is made. 
a, a minute and 45 seconds in, it's a hit. So don't fuck it up. If you really dick and you dick and you're supposed to be dicky row, like don't fuck it up. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Steph, so, talk about some of your lyrics. They asked me why they call you dicky row. Start there. Man, so so I I call myself and I appointed myself and I, I say I, I appointed myself, but um one day I wrote a song about uh Dick Rowland coming back from the dead and uh buying buying back everything. And I was gonna make an album about it before Born on Black Wall Street. And uh, I just started calling myself Dicky Rowe to be the 2021 version, um, just to embody that energy. Since I didn't write the album, I just wanted to embody that energy of uh, being a catalyst for, if I wasn't gonna be the catalyst to spark an uprising on just Black America and, and just re and rebuilding Greenwood and rebuilding Black Wall Street, I was gonna, I, I wanted to at least get hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Tulsa hip hop, I wanted to be the catalyst for that, to for the for the for the uprising, and I feel like I am. I feel like I did that. They ask me why they call you Dicky Row. Cause if somebody fuck with me, it's gonna go up in smoke. Go get your gun, go get your plane, go get what all you want. Cause if you try that shit again, then we invading homes. Elevator, Diamond Dicky, I'm the narrator. You know white women love that melanin, it ain't no different for that separate page. Busting it open all in the basement. Bell hopper skirt by the ankle. 319 in Maine in the dress, so how can the dream? I'm like Clyde Drexler, she told me I got what she needs. That's why they call me Diamond D. But that first bar, with that being said, they asked me why they call you Dicky Row. Cause if somebody fuck with me, it's gonna go up and smoke. Go get your gun, go get your plane, go get what all you want. Cause if you try that shit again, then we invaded homes. We all know the massacre took place because uh, the lynch mob wanted to sentence Dick Rowland with a public lynching. And that's where the massacre took place is because Dick Rowland was a lovable character in person in the hood, like myself, like like Hakeem, people really out here for us and, and will fight for us. They they showed up. They showed up to defend him and they won. You know what I'm saying? They showed up and, and they won that war. And the massacre happened because they won. So they won the war, went back home. Dick Rowland is good. And that's where the bombs came and shit because they won. You know what I'm saying? That's where the shots was fired, and they came back with the planes, and they came back because they got their ass beat. You know what I'm saying? So with me, I said that because it, it won't be no planes and stuff. This stuff. If anything happened to me, I, I I feel in my heart, in my soul, and that go for anybody. Like if anybody tried me the wrong way, I feel bad. Like I, I try, I try to like, I try to be the nicest person I can because I don't even want to go that route because it'll just get real ugly. And let me just pause for a moment when I say Grace under pressure. I saw on a Facebook live. We're not even going to get into what it's about, but I want people to know Steph Simon is the epitome of Grace under pressure. And no, you don't want to push him because then he's going to give a speech like he did at the end of the Fire and Little Apple performance. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, like <laughs> for real, like when, when you know, when you don't want, like I don't want to, I don't want no harm, I don't want no trouble, I don't want no problem, I don't want no family members calling me, like man, what I gotta, what I need to get up and come do. I don't want to put nobody in no situation that's gonna sit them down or harm their life or alter their life just because of somebody's feelings towards right. me. You know what right. I'm saying? So at all, yeah. I, I I try my best to dead situations or at least get understanding. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You don't you don't have to like me, but at least let's get some understanding because if it go there, it's 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 just always been like that for me. Like it was just hard for me to get in fights because like it took I had to like sneak off to get a one on one because like if somebody seen me mad at somebody like everybody want to want to like rock and, mm -hmm. and i appreciate that you know what i'm saying but i wanted to learn if i really could fight at one point because people would do it for me so much i was like <laughs> shit like let me at least 
see what I got before. Uh, <laughs> Man, I feel that in my soul because my yeah. cousin, my cousin was like that. She was very protective, and every time like, I for real, she was fighting people, for me. It's always been that way. Like it's mm-hmm. always been that way, and for for self, for family, for peers, for like so many people. You know what I'm saying? And then I heard it come out of Hakeem out on elevator and and we've never had a discussion like that you know what I'm saying and I just was like I gotta show up and 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 I know this thing you know what I'm saying it's something that I know I know this and when you know that that's why I like I don't say take my kindness for weakness but I really be trying to be kind because I be trying to like protect yeah protect Mm -hmm. niggas like like type shit. So well, and I'm, gonna say, I'm gonna say one more thing, Steph. About you. No, go ahead. Go ahead, King. I gotta say this. I gotta say I love y'all. You know what I'm saying? I love y'all. World, Hakeem Olajuwon, Easy Young Life, Steph Simon, Two Piece, Doc Free, Ali Shaw. We do this shit. It's Tasa. I love everybody. But I'm about to get up out of here and go get on my second grind. That's right. Right Saturday. You know what I'm saying? I'm working on multiple avenues. And, and with that being said, I'm going to tap out. It's Sean. We love you, Kim. No, you're not tapping out ever. <laughs> but yes, we hear you. I'm glad you said everything you needed to say, bro, before you got off here, too. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Kim. It's Sean. Um, we'll talk well to you place. soon. Later. No wasted words from that man, ever. For real. Ever. Real so so yeah, Ali. That's 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 just where that that's where that came from. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But, well, I just, I just wanted to say like I need a lot of. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna uh, hold on. Let me let me find my mama toss a hat. <laughs> I need people who complain about things, right? People who have things to say and can complain about. I need you to look at the bigger picture. And I need you to understand that your name is probably being spoken in rooms that it doesn't even have to be spoken in. And people are opening doors for you in ways that you don't even know. There are people in this hip hop community in Tulsa, Oklahoma and Oklahoma City and Lawton. People are making moves, but they're not just doing it for them. They're doing it for you too. So hold on to that and focus on your craft. Focus on you, okay? Do what you need to do to elevate yourself. If you did not get a certain thing that you wanted, focus on something else. Focus on you. Make your song better. Write some more lyrics. Get in the studio with a better producer like Two Piece. And that's (laughs) what I'm about to shift because this is what I want to talk about. Two Piece, after you create this beat, right? and you hear them jump on this track, what were your thoughts behind like what they did with it? Like, was that even what you expected? Like, how do you feel as uh, a producer? Uh, absolutely not. That was not what I expected at <laughs> all. Um, I, I actually, okay, so when, when we first started getting things together, um, I actually made the beat before the weekend probably like the beat was probably like a year old actually like it was in my beat packs and it would be in my rotation to you know for artists to grab and nobody gravitated to it so um what's interesting is is maybe like a week before i think a week before the recording weekend uh at the greenwood culture center uh hakeem came to my studio to record some of his own personal songs and like right before the session was over he spit me the lyrics like acapella without it. And I thought it was so fire and so fierce and so in your face that I thought it wouldn't make the album because I thought, you know, when we had our first meeting about this whole thing, when we had our first meeting at the um, Woody Guthrie Center, um, they, you know, one of the big questions that kept coming up was, can we say what we really feel? Can we say what we want to say? If we can do that, we'll be a part of this. And, you know, I'm kind of cynical and, you know, they said yes, and I still didn't believe them, you know? Um, So when I heard the song, it was so fire, but I didn't think it would make the final cut because I didn't think people would understand it. I didn't think people would understand 
what we were actually trying to do with it, what Hakeem and Steph were trying to do with it. So, no, I didn't expect it. Um, also, what's interesting is when I first made the beat, not having feel or anything in mind, um, um, I had flames in my head while I was mm. making the beat, like literally like a building burning down. That's all. Like, monster coming out the ground when I made the beat, which, you know, because the beat kind of has sound kind of has like an eerie sound to it so you yeah. like that godzilla just before it comes out of the water kind of type of vibe yes doc exactly i see you, I see you going with that <laughs> exactly <laughs> so um i did it you know that's what i pictured that's all that's all that that's what i felt when i made that beat so it was, blows my mind that that was the beat hakeem picked for that song it was almost like it was meant to happen uh it was when view when view came i came to a studio session and um the intro that me player 1000 i had a choir uh lawrence leon we worked on the intro the whole day at the first sessions at the greenwood culture center right and I just knew i'm like this is gonna be the intro it's me it's i'm i'm the only one in here working on the intro you know what I'm saying? And I worked on the intro the whole day. And I just knew it was going to be the intro. We get halfway into putting the album together, doing post-production, and it's the intro still. And then I come back to the studio the next day, and View is like, Elevator is the intro. And I'm like, nigga, what? Hell no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hit him in the chest. I'm like, hell no. I'm not the first person you hear when you press this out. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Just going through my ego, going through my one, two. And he go, bro. And he's super calm. View, when View know what he's doing, he's like. You got to, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You got to say it in that Dr. View voice. He like, yeah. he like, bro, watch. <laughs> and and Todd can't hit play. That's the process. Talking, hit play on the beat, and that bitch go, dun, 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 dun. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm on the dicky roll. I said, I sat back in the chair, like, oh shit, this is the intro right here. Like, this shit gonna <laughs> fuck it up. Like, I'm like, damn, this shit gonna fuck it up if it's the intro. If you just start cracking up laughing, we slap hands, we hug, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because like, it's uh, it's a little ominous. It's like, and oh, we like, shit, oh, what's this, about to happen? I said, I said, this how we coming? Like, okay, yeah. we coming like this, you know what I'm saying? And I wouldn't have it no any other way. Like, I wouldn't have it any other way. And after that, I was just like, yeah, this is how we, you know what I'm saying? This is how we coming. And after that, that's where we, that first half of the album, we talking shit, shit. Mm -hmm. We talking big mm -hmm. shit. You know what I'm saying? But uh, elevator, elevator set the tone. Like the intro that was there, it would have been cool. It was cinematic and stuff like that. But like for the world to hear hear us, King's fierce, fierce ferociousness. Like, like oh my god, it's like you know, we make the whole world believe right in the first five seconds. Yeah, like, I think uh, about yeah. that first performance we all did in Oklahoma City. And, you know, I, we had an intermission. And the second half, King kicked off the second half, too. And it was just, yeah. it was so fitting. It was just like, yo, yeah, here yeah, comes yeah. LT. You know, came is the, uh, I always say I'm the safety net of, of Fire in Africa. I feel like I just play my role as the facilitator and 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 the safety net. I, I play I play the cool role, making sure we win, like the songs that I'm on. But King, just outside the elevator, King set the tone for that whole album. Like throughout, I think he carried the listener. Like here you go. Yeah, I'm gonna take you over to this era. Then I'm gonna take you to this era. Then I'm gonna mm -hmm. take you to this era. Then mm -hmm. I'm gonna take you out. Like and, and everybody, everybody, uh, everybody did what they did. You know what I'm saying? He like opened the door for every era of the album. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what's dope. You know what I'm saying? For so, uh, I mean, listen to it. Speak on the visual step. I may, I want to make sure that we point out paid, uh, paid films shot the video for Elevator. Man, shout out to pay. It was a gruesome three, four days of shooting. It was a lot of work. Um, shout out to Pay, shout out to Sneak, but we got it, we got it done. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to uh shit. I got I wish I could think of the shooters uh names and they worked so hard. Who but, and uh, I heard there was a stage like built special for this. Yeah, video. that's why I was trying to I can't even think of the it used to be a school. It's in uh, uh I can't Spencer, Oklahoma. Right, right before the city, it's a uh, it's a production studio, and they built the stage as we was walking in. You know what I'm saying? It was Gosh. nothing on the floor. We go, we go to the wardrobe and makeup. Yeah, we had to wear makeup. And uh, shout okay, out to I mean, come on, you gotta shout wear out, your makeup shout now. Out makeup, like shout out to makeup, shout out to Victoria, shout out to Fight Spaceman Chuck with the uh, Fight Claws. Like it was a lot of uh, work. You know what I'm saying? They built that stage for us. Shout out to the Sarah Pages. Um, I can't think of the lady name in the city. And but uh shout out to Mary Noble for playing the 1921 version. Yeah, Mary did such a good job. All the extras mm-hmm. in the videos, like in the in the video, but uh we really, we really just uh we we kept it simple, you know what I'm saying? It's elevated, mm-hmm. but we 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 showed two dynamics. We showed like an updated version and in the 1921 version, walking in, in a Drexel building, and, uh, we was in a we was in the tunnels. We did a shot in the tunnels. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, uh, Big Rule narrated. Shout out to Big Rule. That was that was crazy. Legend, legendary, legendary poet, Dungeon Family for uh, Big Rule. That, that was a dream. You know what I'm saying? That's a dream feature for me. Um, but we we just wanted to paint that picture of of the 1921 version and and this year version like can you said and like like we agreed to do we gonna slut this girl out people ain't never heard me rap like that in so long you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying just mm-hmm. just those type of lyrics and we're gonna put it on wax and we're gonna give it to the world so they can react to it just so we can say it don't matter how crazy we talked you don't blow up the north for whatever whatever goes on. Right. You know what I'm Whatever happened in there. For that shock value. Yeah. For that shock value. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. we don't know the facts, but that's what artists do. If you got a blank canvas, then you you paint. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, here, let me paint the picture of what you really thought happened then. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Is that what you thought happened? Yeah, exactly. You know, and that and then as as the Sarah Page in this situation, like you know, how many times in my life I've had to be like, man, F y'all. This yeah. is my boyfriend. When I get right. pulled over by the cops, I'm like, man, are you, ma'am, are you being held against your will? No, this is my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Man, I can, being held I can against my will. Hear, I can still hear Sneak. Like, if y'all not acting like y'all fucking, me and Mary Noble look at each other like, sorry. Because <laughs> uh, we, we, we know what I'm saying? We all in the scene. We grew up in this damn scene together and shit. Now we yes. sitting in this damn room with, Feeding each other grapes and and shit like we over here like Dionysus vibes. Listen, I gotta tell a side story. Hold on, Steph. So okay, first of all, shout. I gotta give a special shout out to my stylist, Atoria J Styling, Um, and I and shout out to Fight as well. They both work really well together. But Atoria, I'm gonna start calling her the official Fire Little Africa stylist because. She has done so much work, but she told me a little bit about that. She's like, girl, they got rose petals and stuff all over the floor. Steph got to lay on the bed. And, and I was like, what? Oh, my God, who is it? And I had no idea Mary was in the video. So when I see it, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I didn't see this coming at all. I cracked up the whole time. Because yeah. It's awkward to see y'all together, how knowing what I know about you. But I'm like, yo. Y'all did a really good job. Like it, you pulled it off. Good job. It took it took like it took like four takes to get comfortable and like, look, Mary, we acting. We we you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we acting. Let's not take none of this personal and uh yeah. Let's let's do it. You know what I'm saying? But it was fun. The other girl though, we didn't know each other. You know what I'm saying? So. I walked in like I don't, I didn't even know who it was gonna be, and I didn't care. I'm like, man, I'm here to do my job. So right. whoever Sarah Page, 
whoever Sarah Payne, I went to Union. I graduated from Union High School. I spent a lot of time at the beach and the UV and the Ministry of Sound and the, and the corral and the rodeo. So like, Payne was like, just trying to make me channel my high school self. Being like, being in the parties, still water, OSU, like, you know what I'm saying? So right. he was just like channeling, making me channel my old self. You know what I'm saying? He like, man, act like how you act back back then. And that's, that's and that's how I looked. It looked like a club in the elevator. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just sitting there having fun. Like, like I was 19, 17, sneaking in the studio 54. Like, that's how I, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how wow. it was. Sure All these throwback the names to my, nah, to the, my, uh, to my brain. The hive, was, the hive was a different, uh, the hive was more like after hours. That was more like really that's, that's it wasn't it ain't studio 54. Hive is nigga shit. Like we I'm at home at the hive. hive. You know what I'm saying? I, I I'm in I'm in the hive with my family and, okay. and the homies. Like that's I'm chilling. We in there. Doing the South Side, dancing to Mac Dre, getting stupid. Yes. But you go to you go to Fifty Four, and it's like Apple Bottom jeans. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's it's a, yep. it's a rave. It's glow sticks and sh- like it's all Where types was 54 of stuff. I don't remember that. Man, well, Studio, Studio Fifty Four is in the Blue Dome. It, it was. It got switched. It was called Studio Three Ten for a minute. It was one of Steve Kitchell's money grabbers before uh, he departed. The downtown scene. Uh, this is also the same Kit Steve Kitchell. I think he did like Millennium uh, before like, after it became Ocean Club. And okay. Was this it the was old right... Goodfellas? No. Nah, so where on First Street there's like vintage, and then there's like the alley that Vitus is in, and then there's like Next Level, which was like Old Joe Mama's, and then there's like the lobby of the apartments in Rib okay. That all used to be the club. As that my was fifty four. Yeah, that all used to be the good. Yeah, two entrances. Is this cages. also near Voodoo Lounge and that whole? Voodoo. What was Voodoo? Like it was like four clubs in one. Oh, that's like that's across the street. That was like okay. blank slate. Um, what is it? On the back end it was something else. It's like the, the the pink unicorn now, and then Enzo has always been Enzo. in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which the piano yeah. bar too. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah, the piano bar in there later, but you can like go through and it was like a different vibe and all the spots. But I remember yeah. the day the cops came to shut this fool down, he had already got tipped off. This fool left all the bay doors up, all the doors open, left the alarm going. Like I heard, like all fucking morning. I remember having to like I had to go drop somebody off the car that morning, and I saw, I saw the cops was sitting <laughs> out there. They were sitting out front, like. Couldn't find him, couldn't blah blah blah. And I was like, Yeah, he skipped town. And I already came back to take care of some legal shit. But I was like, Yo. I was like yeah. he's just known yeah. for like goofy shit for like like that. But yeah, that was like inside like the club scene with with Doc Free. Right, for real. <laughs> I was I was a club rat, man. That's why when he named everything off like beach, UV, I mean we can I was I in there. Get, like I'm, other I, side. I, 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 oh yeah. my god, the other side. I, Oh, oh we talking about the upside. Yeah, barcode. Come on, yeah. Barcode, all that. So the club era was crazy. You know what I'm saying? I'm a junior in high school. I'm a junior in high school going to Studio 54. And uh, it's like, you know what I'm saying? They they tried to be their best Miami style club. And that's that's just how, how it felt. He pay was just like, yeah, take it back to studio feet is throwing out these old clubs. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just with people dancing out of that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. I'll go dancing on either side on the on the subwoofers. Exactly. It was like the only spot we get those little those little video style dance battles as I call them. Wait a minute, y'all. Wait a minute. Let me ask two piece, what kind of clubs are you in? (laughs) I was definitely not a clubber. The only two clubs I really went to was the hive. Come on. And, and the level. Come on. <laughs> no. Everybody yeah. went to the level. The level was like the 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 hive 2.0. Yeah. So, I met Doug cool. Banks at the hive. That was like a radio girl dream. I'm like, oh my. That's when mm. I first started working at the radio station. And he was so friendly. And yeah, that I was it was like one of my first like oh, this is a party for the radio station. And there's all these artists yes. there. Do y'all remember, um, oh, 
Oh, what's the artist name? We saw Roger, DJ Cuba. Buddha, Drow, hey. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I can't think of that name. Ah, I can't either. <laughs> that song was hard. Yeah. It, they they opened the show and there was a whole bunch of artists like and local people too that I you know looking back I'm like man I got to try and go back I wonder if CO2 was there like you know I'm trying to remember who opened in that show it was dope it was a dope night yeah birthday bash I think is what it was yeah man so the uh that 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 54 it was all white girls you know what I'm saying all day mm-hmm. so it was that's that's pretty much what I tapped into. Yeah, that feeling. Uh, to make that happen. It, it was fun. It was fun to like go back into that era for a video shoot. You know what I'm saying? It was cool. Man, I don't know. I could keep going about the video and the song, but the, what I want to tell our listeners more than anything, if you have not downloaded the album yet, what are you waiting on? Go get this album and really pay attention to the lyrics, man. Like... It, this this is way more than just your typical hip hop album. I, you know, a matter of fact, Doc, what do you take? Say something for me for a second. I'm gonna look up this tweet that uh, Doctor View said today, and I'm trying to remember exactly how. Shout he- out, shout out to Tight Work. I just looked them up. Thank you, T Y T E W U R K. Yes. Tight Work. I love it. Hey man, Grandmaster Flash, follow me today, and I am excited about it. That's um, I am crazy. too. Oh, and as damn. soon as Doc, well, as soon as he did it, I said, "Man, I want to bring him the lessons in prayer." Yeah. Man, oh. I was play, like, bro. "Hey, don't I want to jump man. in this we DM, all... but I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it simmer. I don't want to be a groupie dude and just right out the follow gate to start hitting them up." But he followed me, and I'm gonna eventually be like, "Hey." How much it costs to get you to come to Lessons and Fresh? Like, come the hell on, bro. You Grandmaster Just put it out there right now. Grandmaster Flash, we would like for you to come play at Lessons and Fresh with my guy, Doc Free. I I immediately, I immediately said, bro, if I can see Grandmaster Flash lined up with Lessons and Fresh DJs, like, I'm going to be in, like, hip-hop heaven. Heaven. All right. I'm going to tell my hero like this. I'm a, I'm a, ain't, no slouching on the, ain't no slouching ain't no slouching on these decks, man. I would love just for I'm gonna hop in the DM. I'm gonna hop in to, just for him to see the uh just to see the work that Adre and so that's much. I, that's, and I just want him to see it. Yo. I just want him to know that his DJs out here really that, doing it that are doing it like he doing. They're I just want the to craft see that. alive. They're keeping. I will I'm, I'm speaking him to him directly to right see. now. They are keeping the craft alive, Grandmaster Flash. I just want Adrian, him to know. Somar, Compton, Doc Free. They are keeping it alive. It is alive I, and well in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I promise. I just you that. want him to see that. So if he give me a price, I don't care about making any money. I just want him to see that hip hop is in Oklahoma, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I just want them to know. And if I can if I can pull that off, the followers enough. I was like, whoa. Yo, he posted man. me and then he followed me. I'm like, all right, we gotta get you to come to Tulsa because you okay, gotta see so, it. So why are we manifest put it out there that I want to bring Farrell Monch in 13 with Darrell Jones and Marcus Machado? And I would like for Mr. Burns to open for them in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm just gonna put it out there for when Let's they go it. on tour. That's what Let's I need put to this happen. Out. Listen, but let me read so this. Far, I'm gonna read this tweet to y'all real quick. Um, when I was saying earlier, we you know we really listen to the album, of course, stream it, but download that man. Go go get it, pick it up. Um, but here's what Doctor View said today at 2:38 uh, p.m. <laughs> he said, "Don't talk to me about album streams or unit projections. That ain't the game. Talk to me about cultural impact. No one is doing what Fire and Little Africa is accomplishing right now. And so this is why we say it's much more." Than just a hip hop album. This ain't just about a compilation or whatever. Like, there's a message here, a very no. clear message. Didn't nobody throw no lyrics down on none of this and was like, "All right, cool, done, quit my job, we're we we, we done." Like, ain't nobody do no. Ain't, didn't that wasn't even like in the forefront of anybody's brain. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like to walk around, to move around, and kind of like a bit of anonymity in some spots. You know, 
like it's it's a beautiful thing like that's the cultural impact that's that's the fact though that's culture that's this album is cultural impact and Tulsa's cultural impact we can't compete with streams you know what i'm saying we can't yeah. compete with it but we can we can shift the culture in rap you know what i'm saying and that's what we're doing so compete that's what substance yeah we can compete yes. with substance we can compete with content we can compete with talent like so but we not even know even though I got the stats pulled up on Apple Music and Elevator is sitting at a whopping 268,599 streams. So that actually is amazing. Mm. Mm. Uh, Hello. How you feeling about that two-piece? Speak on Mm. it. It, um, you know, I understand that just like the tweet says, this is not about numbers, you know. It's about much more than that. So the numbers are cool, you know what I'm saying? But uh, it ain't over, you know, I'll put it like that. What, what more can we say, Doc? What more can we say? I just want to say, uh, I'm sorry that each year, bro, that you're having to deal with the same shit and kind of intent. It seems like it's intensifying, you know what I'm saying? When your partner has to go online and say something, and whatnot and me i guess like i guess i'm not in these circles where motherfuckers is just out here crying on the on the on the feed or whatever thank god i am i am but it puts me in kind of like mama tulsa mode like man what the fuck but i'm also like blessed that you know what i'm saying i don't i don't have to i don't have to see that i don't have to see that shit and yeah. we keep but you stay too busy because you what working on it because i'm always working on it but I, I digress like but that's just something like man the fact that because i see how it affects you too ali like that 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 it happens and it, and it keeps going on and you you made a very 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 good point and but i was sitting there thinking i was like haters don't listen to this show there's too much positivity on it or do and they it, 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 it's not for them you know what or I mean? do they that's 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 uh that's another that's a the, that that's another podcast man i'm 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 a respect yeah. we'll discuss I'm it respect, another time and, and, and steph i'm gonna say what i said at the end of your live the other day i said you've said enough now go get your baby some ice cream period yeah you said sure. what you had to say now go enjoy your life and the people that want to you know say what they gotta say man come on y'all i'm, I'm gonna tell y'all something right now i'm gonna be real overprotective over the ones that i know been putting in that work mm-hmm Y'all got to know that I'm going to be real overprotective over them because I've watched them do it. And guess what? You can too. And I believe in you too, but stop talking and do it. Just do it. Do your thing. Focus part, on you. Part two, part two was extra credit. The festival was done and successful and centennial. And we did what we were supposed to do anyway. Part two was extra credit and the C, the impact of, uh, how it's how it's going is uh I mean hey it's like, going well this is, this is yeah this is what's going on for like yeah. extra credit like yeah don't even yeah. so like don't even fucking worry about it they either gonna get a ticket or gonna get left out that, that's really yeah. it man it's like I hate to see the energy that y'all had to expend on this shit it ugh it makes yeah. me feel gross you know what I'm saying it, I but, knew you would say that doc because it yeah also kind of you know what i'm saying like i hate that old adage like you're saying if you gotta have them haters like that yeah, you can gauge a lot of shit on it but also it's, it's just like bad for the mental it's just it is and and that's why i said we don't focus on that we stay focused on ourselves and i'm even saying to those people stay focused on yourself <laughs> well his tracks caption he was like you can do it too hold on i got a phone call bam and then it was the pictures where steph was in a suit and i was just seeing him talking him. to hennessy <laughs> talking to him, it's like, in the yo, mansion. I talk, I, yeah, you you got the blueprint. Like, if you don't like how shit's happening, go change the blueprint. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, here's yeah, a, you know, build, build something. Listen, I oh, just man. posted a video on my TikTok. Y'all be proud of me. I'm finally getting on the TikTok. I got TikTok time sometimes. But I posted it on my Instagram reel too. Follow me at beautiful one, B E A, beautiful W O N. Okay. But I posted this today. I took my poster down of Jason Momoa, Aquaman. And I put my fine little Africa poster up. And as I put it up, I realized, yo, look at this article from the Tulsa Voice at the top of my wall with Steph and King Cut on it that says, do it yourself. You know what yeah, I'm exactly. talking about? Exactly. You know 
Two Piece, what were they talking about? What were they talking about on that cover? Do you remember? Uh, not exactly. The World Culture Music Festival. Yeah, they were talking about world culture and how they put everything together. Like they created their own. And I'm even trying to break it down to somebody today about world culture and like what they're about and whatever. And we've talked about backpack rappers, if you will. You know, they kind of felt like a little, you know, different part of the scene or whatever, but they built their own. And it doesn't mean that no one else is included. This is why we say everything is us, y'all, because it's about you too. We want Tulsa to win. Bro, That's any, it. any backpackers that are out there, salt, they ain't backpackers, man. I keep telling you about like hip hop being alive time. and well. When I see when my boy Tofu, my boy Tofu hit me up for an event that he's throwing for the B Boys. Like they don't, they only fuck with themselves, right? Like it's hard pressed to get like them cats or graffiti cats or anybody to come out the woodwork to like just do shit because they only vie with themselves like yeah. if that mentality isn't set that shit fucking roll with your own whoever don't get it ain't supposed to if you ain't run with that mindset you're in whatever you're in for the wrong fucking reasons straight up mm-hmm. like you either and so survive, we'll survive without you yeah with all That's that awesome. being said we're gonna do what doc we're gonna focus on what resolution yeah, resolutions and solutions. And the solution is get your ticket for World Culture Music Festival going on the 20, what, 4th, 5th, and 26th. June 25th and June 26th, the Friday gotcha. and Saturday. The Friday Gang schedule Ta-Jun has a headliner. Head, uh, super headliner. There's a lot of super headliners, man. Like, you know, Phil Sosa going to get the crowd amped. I mean, uh, I saw Young Trunks on there too, so uh, I'm oh, yeah. super excited about that. Hey, hey, Young Trunks run with like a following of like 80 kids, and they don't do anything but just bring a bundles and bundles of jump. Energy. Just jump. That's all they. <laughs> yes, they jump the whole time. They jump. <laughs> yeah, so it's gonna be I love tight. About his shows. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be great show. So hey, listen, Steph, Steph are, are there piece. still tickets? Are still tickets, Steph? Yeah, tickets is gone. Get your tickets. What's the website? Where can they get them? WCMTosta.com. WCMTosta.com. So get your tickets Friday. We got tickets Saturday. We have the weekend pass. Sound Pony is always free. You know what I'm saying? So it's going down, man. Part two, the second part. Um, we did this just we did this just because. <laughs> like, this is you got two it. venues, right? Yeah, two venues. You know what I'm What's saying? The second so, one? Uh, Vanguard and Sound Pony. What were you saying? Thinking now? about that article from uh the the voice. And I think it was like at Yeti I ran into y'all and y'all were like, I don't know if y'all had been dealing with working on the fest like all day, but when y'all y'all mentioned it was like, Yeah, we gotta secure these portal johns, I was like, serious, serious business. This is gonna be some serious business. <laughs> When you gotta go and make sure you gotta you need to connect on where to get like a fleet of porta johns, it's serious business, man. Come on. Serious business. <laughs> yes, man. And here we are, 2021. Yes. But so make sure you guys That's right. show up. And it just keeps getting better. Yeah. So like go a little light. I know it's Tulsa Tough Weekend. Motherfuckers gonna go hard. Y'all gonna go so super hard. Go ahead and take that Monday off. Uh, but also get your rest in so you can do it all over again next weekend. That's Let's right. Go. Man, I forgot about Take Monday off, Doc. It's been a minute since I went to Crybaby Hill. Ooh. All right, y'all. Let's wrap this up. We want to uh, thank our guests here on the episode today. Two Piece, thank you so much for your contribution to no this problem, Bible no Africa problem. album. No problem, and no problem. Steph, thank you for, for being graced under pressure at all times. You know it, quarterback. Quarterback right. Jack. And shout out to Mr. Pound for Pound. Is that what we're calling him now, Doc? Oh, man. <laughs> I done went through, like, Pound for Pound, staying around to, from Hakeem Chavez to, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I got, boy, I got hands, man. Like, I, I, Mizo does, had showed man. the video, had posted the video from the first fight. And when he was, he was chasing that boy around the ring, I was like, all action. His feet are quick, too. It ain't just about his hands. His feet are quick. Oh yeah, like, lateral I, movement. I'm is really that. salty that I missed that fight at the engine room. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I missed that Bro, fight. A better Somebody's fight than that one. Logan Paul Mayweather garbage. Logan Paul ain't got no lateral movement. It was like watching like <laughs> K1 out of Japan or something. I was like, this is what is this? Celebrity <laughs> bum fights. That's what I'm calling it. One of just too rich, trying to figure out how to get some <laughs> more money before the shop closed. <laughs> okay, shoot. 
All right, y'all. Well, Steph, Two-Piece, and Hakeem, thank y'all so much for being on the show today. We appreciate you taking the time. And on behalf of the Fire and Little Africa podcast, I'm Ali Shaw. And I'm Doc Free. We want to remind you to be the spark. Protect your flame. Pass the torch. Come on. Pass the torch, people. Listen, this is track number one from the Fire and Little Africa album. And yeah, it is a very personal connection for me but I want y'all to get into this. This track is produced by Two Piece, led by Hakeem Olajuwon, and backed up by Steph Simon. This right here, ladies and gentlemen, is Elevator. My daddy was working for low wage. My city a haven for drug trade. I'ma came up out the mud, baby. I'm on a dicky road wave. My daddy was working for low wage. My city a haven for drug trade. I'ma came up out the mud, baby. Elevator, elevator. Jungle fever in the elevator. She got me top in the elevator. She ripped my pants in the elevator. She tryna fuck in the elevator. Freaky little bitches, they love the flavor. Mama must know that she raised a player. Nympho alert, all she do is lay up. I'ma came up out the mud, baby. I'm on a dicky road wave. My daddy was working for low wage. My city a haven for drug trade. I'ma came up out the mud, baby. Elevator, elevator. Jungle fever in the elevator. She got me top in the elevator. She ripped my pants in the elevator. She tryna fuck in the elevator. Freaky little bitches, they love the flavor. Mama must know that she raised a player. Nympho alert, all she do is lay up. Uh, they ask me why they call you Dicky Row. Cause if somebody fuck with me, it's gonna go up in smoke. Go get your gun, go get your plane, go get what all you want. Cause if you try that shit again, then we invading homes. Elevator, Diamond Dicky, I'm the narrator. You know, white women love that melon in it. Ain't no different for that separate page. Busting it open all in the basement. Bell hopper skirt by the ankle. 319 in Maine in the Drexel. How can the dream? I'm like Clyde Drexler. She told me I got what she needs. That's why they call me Diamond D. She got the paper, her dreams. Then bought me your diamond ring. Girl, you know when this dick it ain't free. If your daddy knew he come for me. She want a real one that came from the north. Girl, you know this gon' come with a fee. Greenwood, yeah, I'm keeping the G. Got some top in the balcony suite. Paint her face like a no parking piece. Rip her up like some million, no need. Got her all on the wall, make a scream. Ain't no camera, girl, we got privacy. Push your buttons all on accident. Now the lobby door, yeah, it's opening. Yeah, it's opening on the. Elevator. I just had the craziest dream.